be the world champion with a body like that. And this man. And that's the bottom line. The reign of the modern day Maharaja. And now, your world podcast champions. Rumbling Reality Episode 50 is finally here. 50, Travis. 5-0. Man, that's a a lot of podcasts. That is a lot of podcasts. That's half of a century. Yeah, something like that. We only, (laughs) I mean, we did one a week, so, I mean, yeah, not bad. Not bad at all. That means by this time next year, we will actually have hit our 100th episode. Yeah, and sadly, we took a little break back in the day, well, kind of forced break with the technical problems, and we would have been at 100 by now. We've actually been doing this for a long time now. We just uh, took a little break in between. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes yep. you get burnt out. Sometimes just things aren't working the way they should, and then all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is fun. Let's just pick it back up. So that's a good segue. But first, for you guys that have not listened to us before, I am Ramsey. And the other... yep, yep, yep. I was like, are you trying to do your introduction for me? You can. It's cool. I was cool. gonna like introduce you, but yeah, you can go. No, go ahead, go ahead. I want to hear it. And the other guy who is always babbling is Travis. I am. I'm the babbling catster. So speaking of being burned out, uh, let's get in some Jeff Jarrett news. Yeah, yep. He has officially entered himself into a WWE sponsored rehab uh, for alcoholism. Uh, and not really all that shocked. Huh? He also entered, I said, and for bad storylines. Uh, well, that's, that's not necessarily his fault. <laughs> uh, he just had bad, he hired a bad writer that was absolutely horrendous when it came to storylines. So, was it Jimmy Jacobs? Jimmy Jacobs is actually an agent who never wrote a single story, but he's actually Jimmy a Jacobs is indie cool. wrestler. He, he is now. Story. He uh, is now. He used to be on the indie scene beforehand. I know, but then he became an agent for the WWE. Yeah. Now he's so now he is, he's was back he out. never a creative writer? Huh? I thought he was a creative writer. He was responsible. Not to my for, knowledge. He was responsible for many storylines because I had to do a, a piece on him, and he was responsible for the list of Jericho and a lot of other things. I mean, he cre- I think he came up with some ideas that oh, okay, you know, okay. like he spewed out, but I don't know if he was ever like actually officially on the creative team. I if see. so, then that makes sense. But um, as far as I know, I think uh, according to Jericho, it just it came from a conversation from from him and Jacobs because they they've known each other for a while. So hey, I didn't know this. I did not know that Kurt Angle's daughter is Jeff Jarrett's stepdaughter. How could you not know that? I didn't know. I just didn't, I don't. I don't never watched TNA. Never follow Jeff. Never followed Jeff Jarrett. Don't really follow Kurt Angle's personal life. So how the hell would I know that? I I thought you knew that. Uh, the I have said it before that Karen Jarrett was the ex-wife of Kurt Angle. No, you probably have said it. I just did not put two and two together. And that's just pretty crazy that no matter what, Kurt Angle has to have some kind of ties with Jeff Jarrett. Well, and it's really messed up how that all unfolded too because what that was almost like a matt hardy elita situation was it? I, uh, I was gonna it, ask you uh almost like it was it was derived along the same lines because mm-hmm. uh back when everything first happened this was when jeff was still um owner and operator for for tna and uh dc carter gfw 
at in TNA. Okay. This was TNA. Um, Dixie Carter, uh, I guess there had been there had been some uh, talk amongst the locker room that Angle was actually, I believe, out with an injury at the time. Yeah. Um, but there had been some talk that Jarrett had talking with Karen, who Karen and Karen and Kurt apparently were having issues for a while. And even though when she came on board uh, for TNA at the time, which it was really awkward how that happened because she never once was involved in wrestling until then. And, I mean, she she wasn't a bad-looking girl. She she became one of the TNA knockouts. Mm-hmm. And then it looks it looks like as time went, went on, uh, their marriage started falling apart a little bit, and it got to the point where they did file for divorce, but... Before the divorce was ever finalized, um, I guess there had been some talk. Yeah. Well, there had been some talk that Jeff and Karen had been talking. And this was coming off of a couple of years previously where uh, Jeff Jarrett lost his wife, Jill, uh, in a very tragic uh, battle to cancer. And uh, I believe it was cancer. And uh, so... They were, I guess, secretly talking, and when Dixie Carter uh, heard about this, she confronted Jeff and said, you know, don't lie to me about this situation. Are you actually talking to her? Mm. And I guess Jeff lied to her, which is what started their downfall when it came to not just a uh, personal relationship but a professional relationship. And that's when slowly things started turning for Jeff and TNA. And, uh, yeah, they started phasing him out of any kind of ownership or anything like that. That's where it all started. Mm. And that's that's where a lot of distrust came from. Dixie Carter and Jeff Jarrett was from that one incident. Um, So, long story short there, you know. Sorry about that. I had a little uh, technical issue right there. Um... So you were saying about um, Jeff Jarrett's wife? Yeah, yeah. So it just it, it ended up that uh, once things started to come to light about uh, the relationship between Jeff and Karen, mm-hmm. then uh, things started to go sour for Jeff and TNA. And then when Kurt came back uh, from his injury, yeah, that's when they started running with the whole storyline that was very reminiscent of Matt Hardy and Edge. Mm. And, uh, yeah, I didn't think it could get any awkward, any more awkward for a storyline than <laughs> Matt Hardy and Edge and Lita. Yeah, it's hard to but, that. <laughs> well, yeah, and the thing with this was, you know, they they knew the sucky situation, but they were still professional enough to where they were able to work with each other, and it benefited both of them. You know, yeah. Um, but this was a situation where both guys were already, you know, top names in wrestling at one point or time, and they're full-grown adults. They're not like in their twenties or late thirties or anything like that. These are, you know, they're, they're these are adults here. Yeah, yeah. And and uh, it's uh, well, maybe they were in the late thirties. Excuse me, but yeah, I mean, we're talking families had already been had and. Kids are involved in this now, and yeah, they had a lot of awkward stuff I with TNA. Of, I think a bunch of redneck stuff going on here. It was it was really weird, especially when they were doing these vignettes because Jared was playing the heel, you know, because they yeah. started using the real life situation, which 
in real life, yeah, Jeff was kind of coming off as a bit of a scumbag. Hmm. Um, he, uh, they had these, uh, I don't want to, yeah, they would be vignettes, I guess, but they were called the, the, uh, the perfect life of Karen and Jeff. And it showed Jeff's kids from, from his first marriage with his wife, Jill, interacting with, uh, Kurt and Karen's kids, which I believe they have two. Um, and yeah, like they were on camera where they were calling Jeff dad and things like that. And it's like, this is getting a little too awkward for me. Like it, this is uncomfortable. I don't, I don't even, I wasn't even yeah, feeling the story. At all. I mean, I don't know if you, with some TNA fans out there, I'm sure they followed it, but I don't know. It was, it was, yeah, it was extremely eh, like, it's like the Matt Hardy Lita thing edge situation that was one thing this was completely different yeah. i mean when you when you've got when you've got the same premise but now you're adding kids into it and divorces well, speaking of edge and all that kind of people it takes me to jeff hardy it's pretty cool jeff hardy's launching his uh another uh, another uh, artist gallery and the cool thing about this one is he, he has his shoulders messed up so all of his paintings are done with his left hand which i thought was pretty interesting being a jeff hardy mark i've had a Tell everybody about that. No, that's cool because I actually have Jeff. I follow Jeff on Instagram. Oh, yeah, and, he's really uh, – he's awesome. Yo, he's been posting paintings left and right, like literally within the last two or three weeks. I think there's been at least six or seven paintings, yeah, brand-new paintings. Yeah, I love his style. You can just like tell – I do. You can tell it's like Jeff Hardy stuff though. It's so funny, you know, because it's like a paint he does on his face and stuff. It just feels like, oh, yeah, that's Jeff Hardy's <laughs> artistry work. Well, and, and a little bit of news for anybody that hasn't that doesn't already know, um, if you go on iTunes and type in Jeff Hardy, they've got uh, his full albums uh, that he's done with his band available on iTunes. I keep meaning it. Is it good? And um, well, <laughs> there's some there there are some good ones. I'm I'm not I'm not going to say there aren't because there's actually uh, a few good ones. To say that, and it's just my opinion, and you know, sorry for any Jeff Hardy fans, particularly you. Um, he, he's gotten he's gotten better with his singing, but it's still not like you know, it's not like it's choir worthy. You know what I mean? Uh, he's he's decent in a couple of his songs, but for the most part, yeah, I'm the first to admit I can't i I would not be able to listen to a full album all the way through. So when, when I sampled you what. I, I was sampling them, like I sampled uh, both albums, and uh, yeah, there's there's some gems in there, but hmm. just a few. So I want to keep jumping different topics. We cover a lot of stuff today. So, um, so did you see the uh, Instagram post Randy Orton did? Yes, where the so the whole uh, yeah, where Kevin uh, Owens uh, came back. Stop, I'll, re stop. I'll read it out for everybody. Uh, so Randy Orton posted a photo of himself uh, enjoying some McDonald's, and. Uh, <laughs> And he posted, he said, don't judge me, uh, I need the calories, I'm also training for a potential confrontation with fight, so fight Owens fight. And, yeah. And then um, Kevin Owens, uh, oh, this thing doesn't have it on there, Kevin Owens replied like, um, oh, uh, Randy, I watch your matches and it's uh, like watching paint dry. Something yeah, he said, that, right? he said, no, he, uh, he said something to the extent of, um, yeah, he was like, yeah, it's a good thing you're going to need him. He's like, I've been preparing, watching some of your stuff, too. Uh, uh, today, I'm watching paint dry. I've pretty much got you figured out. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's pretty funny. <laughs> so let's see. Next topic. 
two NXT two NXT stars get engaged. Did you know that? Who? Uh, was it Sarah Logan and uh, Raymond Bow from the War Machine? Well, one of them is NXT, but not both. Is Raymond and Bow not on NXT anymore? No, and it's not Raymond Bow. It's Raymond Rowe. Rowe? Oh, I'm reading. I'm reading an article. So they they miss. I, I knew it didn't sound familiar. Sound right? They actually have. A, they have. Oh, they. I need to write it and say you messed up there. I yeah, no. Raymond Rowe is well, and and now let me let me clarify something. If there is a Raymond Bow. That's NXT. That makes sense. Well, it's part of War but Machine. Raymond, Raymond, yeah, Raymond Rowe is with War Machine, and he's not even close to NXT. He's still with Ring of Honor. Mm. So, so yeah, no, there's no, there's no Raymond Rowe in NXT as of this moment. So, um, that'd be <laughs> cool though, because War Machine is actually a pretty decent team for those that want to go oh, do yeah. some tag team research. They're, oh, yeah. they're, they're an old, they've got an old school Road Warriors demolition type feel. But they're both athletic as hell for big guys. It's incredible. So next topic, we're going quick today. Uh, well, hear... stop saying next topic. Just go on. <laughs> no, it's like I do it. Uh, so this next one, did you hear? Did you hear about uh, um, WWE being criticized by Vice.com for the whole uh, Unleash Your Warrior campaign? Yeah, I, I saw this, but I didn't read the it's article. What's, what's the deal behind so, it? So basically, Vice.com, which is a pretty big online website, news news aggregator, they uh, they posted and showed videos of Ultimate Warrior just you know trash-talking um, cancer victims, Katrina victims, specifically um, Bobby the Brain Heenan, saying that his cancer was karma for how he treated people back in the day. And it was like, whoa! And so you know the whole the whole Unleash Your Warrior campaign, which is you know battling you know you know cancer, especially little little kids, they're trying to you know push for it right now. Um, so basically, it's look it's made him look really bad. And then um, especially when he attacked home, it's like okay, they show videos of anti-homosexual rants, and they uh, talked about you know he talked about her Hurricane Katrina victims in a negative manner. And then I guess Dana Warrior, his uh, his widow wife. Um, said, I will not be disloyal to my husband's memory or speak ill of a man who is not here to defend himself. I can, however, tell you his heart was changed by conversations with his two daughters. The true testament of the man behind the character is his ability to evolve. My husband did just that. I mean, kudos to her. Like, if I could applaud her, and, I would. What do you think about Vice.com, like, doing this? I mean... I mean, how do they benefit besides, like, I guess people like us talking about that, people looking up Vice.com and, Vice and then people going to their website. I mean, does it really benefit them to call out somebody who's deceased? It didn't, it didn't sound like very good, uh, you know, way of producing, you know, way of handling your company. Well, my way of thinking in general is, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of over this whole media sensation that we live in this day and age where it's, you know, let's let's bring up stuff that people have done in the past. You know, I mean, I'm I, I have a very different outlook, so to speak, about the whole Hulk Hogan controversy that took place um, over the last year or so, or I'd say two years now, when he had his case with Gawker. Mm. Um, there's a there's a great documentary about it on Netflix, which is why I've kind of changed my whole opinion yeah, on that, that situation. Yeah, I won't I won't go into any detail about my opinions or it whatnot. Definitely... Personally, did not it did not make me like Hulk Hogan anymore, though. 
Well, and, and again, I'm not – Make I'm them seem very into, scummy. I'm not going to go into any personal feelings about that. Because guys, go check that, that. go check that documentary out, please. I would not expect Hulk Hogan to be anything like that in, in real life. That's like, I, was like, I, I think he's that scummy. It's just – I don't know. Yeah. Well, like I said, there's there's the whole the whole thing is not really even a documentary about uh it's not just to clarify it's about the case. It's it's about the case. It's about the Freedom the whole meaning behind the case and there again, there's a lot of personal uh a lot I mean of really it's more about media it's about media and what they can, you know, put online and what they can't basically. Yeah, again, I'm not going to go into my own personal beliefs about it, but what I will say is the in regards to the comment that I'm making towards what you're asking me about Vice, yeah. is I'm I'm kind of over this whole let's bring up stuff people said in the past sort of thing, and I and the reason I say I, I applaud Dana Warrior is exactly uh, what she pointed out in her uh, in her response to it, which was, um, you know, it's, people change, people grow, and they evolve, you know. Um, it's one of those things where don't don't chastise somebody when you don't even know the full story, you know. Oh, yeah. Especially like she said, when when he's not here to defend himself anymore. I think it's kind of wrong. Um, huh? Yeah, it's it, it's kind of it's kind of insulting to to somebody because if you're going to call somebody out over this, you you have to you're not going to get a response from the actual party that you're accusing, which really makes it you know like you said, it's a real shitty thing to do. Um, but I'm I'm kind of over this whole thing of let's bring up something somebody said uh, seven years ago yeah, or yeah. or five years ago or well you should like tell that, that to mainstream any kind of mainstream media because any politician ever they can never get away from what they said twenty years ago we live in a society where people just can't understand a human well being and that's and that was politicians stuff. yeah like that's been going on in politics you know for for decades oh now. yeah. But when it starts to bleed over from politics into, like you said, mainstream media or celebrities' lives and things like that, there's there comes a time and a point where you got to say, okay, I'm I'm done. Enough, I've had my fill. Enough, this. and it's time for a change. Thanks, Owen. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> so Nia Jax, man, what is going on? Do you think the, all these rumors are true, or you know just, about the Rock saying, uh, telling her to to quit, to quit? Yeah, which is, that's stupid. First I, mean, I, had, off, I had to I write about that. I that. had to write about that. The reason I did write about that, I guess, Sports Illustrated is the one who made the article. The writer from there, the writer from Sports Illustrated on their site wrote, "I was like, well, if it's Sports Illustrated, I gotta gotta freaking talk about it." So I talked about it. So basically, if you guys don't know, night during the whole meningitis scare, meningitis scare and viral infections. Everybody thought Nia Jax might be sick as well, but then it come to find out um, some this one Twitter guy who somehow some, has an inside who has been posting things that have been correct said that she actually walked out, and now it comes – Which she did. She did, but it's coming out more that she actually got a it's – it's like a appropriate way to walk out. She got a leave of absence. She asked if she could leave instead of just walking out and you know, whatever. And now even more is going on where they're saying The Rock – was talking to Nia Jax, telling her, if you're not happy, basically go. And supposedly, we're getting more information now, and it's saying it's stemming from her not being paid well um, compared to the other wrestler wrestler women. And on top of that, her you know looking really bad in the last couple pay-per-views in a row. And what do you think about that, Travis? Well, it, Nia Jax is... Is she a reason? 
she's kind of always been an in-between with me. Um, and I say that because uh, when I heard about Nia Jax, I didn't know anything about her because she literally was she's a, she is a WWE homegrown homegrown talent you know she hadn't done any indie bookings yeah. before or anything like that she was molded and crafted at the performance Vince's center Vince's favorite um, I mean to be fair though that's okay there, there's a reason they should be his favorites you know if you can create stars from your own from your own crops uh, you know go right yeah. and do it when Walmart produces the off brand of a you know a chocolate bar or whatever the hell it is don't you mean you want that to succeed more than the one you're bringing in Sure, Braun Strowman is a great example of that too. Braun Strowman point. is a is a WWE product. Another There's another no... Roman Reigns. For some reason, people keep lo- loving Braun. Well, I mean, and it's not even necessarily Roman Reigns. The way Braun has been built up is is way different than Roman because Reigns. Because we have we'll, a we'll Roman's come, Reigns, though. We'll come, well, we'll come back to that because yeah. that that can be That's an interesting topic. topic to discuss. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but going <laughs> going to Nia Jax. Uh, she she was somebody who was in the performance center who had she has the background and by the background I mean she's got the heritage background um, and she's she's athletic she was a plus size model before she ever went into wrestling so she knows she knows cameras and she knows how to work them and everything like that so it's not like she doesn't know what she's doing in regards to a camera yeah. but. I've always been iffy about Nia because when at least she first showed up in NXT, she was not necessarily a, a great wrestler. She was more so a uh, she was just a big a big girl, a big dominant girl, um, kind of along the lines of an awesome Kong, but less athletic. Yeah. Uh, and I say that – well, I'm sorry. Let me let me scratch that because I, I shouldn't say less athletic. I don't know if she had an athletic background or not, so I'm not going mean, to – I'll just, scratch just, that. Just uh, physically-wise, I mean, I mean, Karma seems like she – I'm not sure if she's more motivated, but Karma moves like craziness. For how big she well, is, Karma, Karma is awesome. Well, I'm just going to say, and this is just my opinion only, um, this was before the WWE Performance Center – Karma was trained in Japanese dojos. Mm. Okay, like she started at like every every as they call them good boys over in Japan. You start you start at the very bottom. You know, like you're you're cleaning up the ring, you're cleaning up the floor, you're doing the wrestlers' laundry, you're getting them food. Like you're you're basically, if I'm gonna put this in American terms, you're basically the bitch forever for all the veterans. You know. Um, that's that's pretty much what you are, and if you're able to go through that along with your training, I think it's like a year or something like that. I, I can't remember the specifics of it. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. once you once you make it through, you have a job for life. Is is pretty much what it is. Pretty much. You went and if through... you're done wrestling, usually they'll give you a job somewhere else. That's why I do like the company because if you're loyal to them, Vince always takes care of you. That's what I. Not, I people always bash Vince, but it's like. If you're not able to wrestle anymore and you bring something to the table, you can't just be lazy. But if you bring well, let's to, let's let know. me clarify this. My comments have been all about the, uh, Japanese dojos. This hasn't been any reference to no. WWE. Okay. Um, but to, but you're also right. Vince has shown that if you're loyal to him, then he'll he will reward you for it. Undertaker is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Kane. But uh, but with Awesome Kong, what I was saying was she was trained hardcore style. She she wrestled dudes. Um, they did not take it easy on her. You know, when you're trained in Japan, you are trained in the what is infamously known now as strong style. 
you are trained to be tough. And uh, Karma had a had a great wrestling background, uh, which which is what made her so good. That's why when she was awesome Kong in TNA, she was so dominant there. Um, as much as I have said numerous times, it was such a disappointment when she came to WWE and only had the short run that she did. Because I was telling you, she I was telling you. Uh, she did, and unfortunately for her, she lost her child, which oh, was. Oh, I didn't know that's sad. Yeah, it was. It was. It was very sad. It was. It was a high risk pregnancy, which is why she had to step away. Um, and yeah, of course, after you have a, a miscarriage of that nature, you know you're gonna need it. You're gonna need some time away. Uh, but unfortunately, it, the WWE career didn't didn't span out like it should, and I wished it would have. But. Um, Nia Jax was kind of supposed to be filling that role. Well, yeah. needless to say... Um, they stole Tamina. Pretty much. Um, and that's where I was kind of going with it. Okay. Was uh, Tamina is related to The Rock. I believe she's also a cousin mm-hmm. to The Rock. And look at her. You know, she she has she had a presence. When she very first came on, of all, and people forget this, when the Usos debuted, she debuted with them. They they were a unit, and she was their manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, people forget about that, and she had she had some uh, some semblance of glory right there. At this point now, I think you're kind of it's it's beating a dead horse yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, just my opinion. Uh, I know some people have been saying that Tamita's kind of doing better. I'm sorry, the music she comes out to is generic. It oh, makes me not. No. It's so stupid. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, you're kind of killing her right now, you know. Update. There's so many people of horrible music. I'm thinking, you know, I'm not saying entrance makes you, but it definitely gets the crowd. It starts going. things. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why when you hear AJ Styles' what... theme hit, people. Oh yeah, but people go crazy. You know whose theme I really hate. I I don't. Sheldon Benjamin and Gables. Yeah. I, oh my well, God! It feels like I'm playing like uh, No Mercy, and there's you know those five generic tracks they give you to make your own wrestler with. Mm-hmm. And you got to pick from one of those. I'm like, what is this? It could be something so much better. Well, let's think. Let's face it. Uh, Benjamin and Gable, as I've said numerous times, I really wasn't necessarily a fan of uh, to begin with they're because not bad I'm like, at all. you brought. They're they are they are not. They're not bad whatsoever. But they don't have a team name, which I'm sorry. It's it always bugs me, and an Edge and Christian is the exception to this rule. Um, but I, it always bugs me when a team doesn't have a name. Like they're just Chad Gable, Shelton Benjamin. That's it. No, well, not always, but usually they start off like that, and they'll slowly start becoming something else. You know. Again, Edge and Christian is the example of that, though, because they never did. They never yeah. came up with like a team name. I you think always call them. Because a lot of the wrestlers realize, though. When you make a name, when you make a team name, it's hard to build off that compared to having your own individual name, and that's true for a lot of things, whether it's production or media or social media. Instead of having but that's like, the point of tag teams, though. That's, I agree. Oh, that's I tag agree. teams. You need to you need to be in sync with each other. I mean, you think any you think the Rockers would have uh, gone off any better if they were uh, just called Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty? <laughs> that's really true. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, th- think about it. All your greatest tag teams, again, with the exception of Edge and Christian, um, have all had a team name. They're asking to run out there, though, popular without a name. Do you what? There has to be a couple more that are popular without, na- without a name. I name them. I can't think of any. I'm just asking. Just exactly. That's my point. There's no other teams that you can think of right off the top 
that just go by their names and have no team name. You know, it it's it's not yeah, there. Yeah. Hell, even Randy Orton and Edge when they came together as their team, they even came up with a team name, rated RKO. Yeah, you sure. know, Big Show and Chris Jericho, they were Jericho. You know. Miz and Big Show, for God's sakes, mm-hmm. were Show Miz. I actually like that. You know, it's it's there's there's so many different instances where they've had these two stars come together to make a team, and even still, they came out with a team name. But I'm telling you, the best tag teams have always had a name. And I when you think, don't I have that, I cannot think of one that's really popular that I, I can't. Besides Edge and Christian, that's what that's what I'm saying. There's. There's none, not that I have ever heard, not any consistent tag teams. Let me let me clarify that too before somebody hears this later on and is yeah. like, well, what about like Greg Hammer and all them? And I'm like, no, now you're now you're reaching <laughs> because there are only a few times where you have teams that come together every once in a while that never came up with a team name. I don't call them a team, you know. You have to be at least a team for about oh, I'd say at least four uh, four to six month period to be considered a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. But hell, it it didn't even take Edge and Randy Orton that long to come up with one of those. I mean, they came up with something within a month. So, you know, that's that's just my thing there. Um, That's why I do not understand why you're not call Cesaro and Sheamus the bar. Yes, that is so annoying. And they even have a T-shirt that I says know. the bar. I know it's like they're holding back from saying it. Why? It's funny. It's awesome. It's well, it's like they've got the bar. Um, they've got their trunks that say the bar. I'm like, you pretty much have called them this. But this also goes back to, okay, you know what? I just thought of a team name that WWE has or has a lackluster of teams. Uh, Sheamus and Cesaro are one of them. They are the bar for whatever reason. WWE doesn't officially bill them as that. But an even better team than that, uh, Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson. They've they've that's been called they've called themselves they've called themselves the Good Brothers forever, and they that's still so refuse to do that. That's you so know, true. And I was I was trying to hashtag that on Twitter so bad as like just call them the Good Brothers. God dang it! I mean they've got they've got GB for life on their tights. They call each other Good Brothers all the time. Why are you not calling them the Good Brothers instead of Anderson and Gallows? You know? I just, a team so... like that, they were known as the Biz Quiz as part of the Bullet Club. So, I, it, it, God, that stuff just irritates me. And they, it, it makes Good them so teams much better, have too. team names. And I don't know why they could do so many things with them. They can rebrand them. They can put you know new figures out, a lot of things they could do. I don't know. I just don't get it. Um, so I am kind of excited to go back to this topic now. Yeah. Two homegrown guys, okay? We have Roman Reigns, born, bred, buttered up by Vince himself. Uh, and we have Braun Strowman, yep. born, bred, buttered up by Vince McMahon. Why do these two guys differ so much in fan opinions? They're both pushed like no other. Braun goes through and demolishes anybody that's not even close to his weight size. I mean, even if they let him like have a little bit of you know a couple drop kicks or whatever against AJ Styles, whoever it is, Braun ends up killing him. And you know mm-hmm. he's pushed. Have, he's pushed to me personally. He's pushed stronger than Reigns ever has been. Maybe he hasn't won the accolades Reigns has. Reigns has. He hasn't been there that long. But it's just yeah. Amazing but yeah, that's just the start though. But it's just the start. I mean, but it's so mm-hmm. funny to me 
why fans hook on Braun and not Reigns, and number one thing I could think of is we have a Roman Reigns to go against Braun. So if there was no Roman Reigns, Braun would be the Roman Reigns. So luckily for Braun, the heat's taken off him, and now Roman Reigns becomes like an ultimate heel because people want to see Braun go over. It's just funny to me how both guys, it's just like these fan, fans in general just don't realize these things. They hate Reigns for these things, but Braun's the same exact way, if not more. Well, and here's here okay. So here's my here's my opinion of why Roman has more so been the failed WWE experiment. And I know some people will argue this because he still sells the most merchandise um, out of anybody on the current roster, with the exception of Cena when Cena's uh, around. Yeah. Um, this is only my opinion. Um, Braun Braun's going to be a, a future champion. There's no there's no if ands or buts about oh, it. He's yeah, about definitely. and this this feud he's having with Kane that's about to unfold. This is what's turning him face. He's he's gotten such the great fan response that they knew they had to turn him face. Why they don't do that with Bray Wyatt yet is still beyond me. But they they do it with Braun and they're executing it very well. Like I I give them props for what they're doing. Um, but the difference between Braun and Roman, Braun is a standout, and I and people are people are going to be like, "What do you mean by?" Reigns? Yes, let me explain this. Hmm. This is why he's a standout. Braun Strowman, I believe, is six foot ten. I want to say he's the same height as the Undertaker. You can't teach that. Six, six ten, six eleven, somewhere around there. He's he's big boy, you know. Um, he's a he's a legitimate power lifter um, and has won multiple awards for it okay the guy for his size he looks good you he's can't, got you can't say the guy without confusing me do what you can't say the word you can't say the guy without confusing me you're talking about reigns or braun now okay i'm still talking about braun okay i'll let i'll let you know what i'm okay, talking about reigns for this guy. moment i'm 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 talking about braun gotcha. this is uh, this is a guy who's got the look um, he's Argu- got arguably. the size. No, he he's got a look because it's different. It stands out. Um, it, he's got. Not sorry, not to cut you off, but to me, it's no different than Eric Rowan or you know Luke Harper. It's it's different Personally, it's to. Not. It is though because Eric Rowan, all due respect, is not in the shape that Braun Strowman is. But Luke Harper could definitely outdo. Him Luke on Harper the mic is day. not in the. Sh- Luke Harper is not in the shape that Braun Strowman is. Okay, so let's go to Batista route. Just because you're super I mean, big and stuff doesn't mean you should make it. Luke Harper is better on the mic than Braun. I agree, but look at Batista. Batista came out, That's and what no offense to Batista, he's not good on the mic, That's but what I was he saying. had a body. So you think the typical he was Vince, groomed. You think the typical just pushing the guy because well, he can't hold, talk as big? No, hold on. You're, you're cutting me off here without it's letting me debate. finish. God dang it. It's <laughs> yeah. not debating because you got to let me well, get feel out before you debate it. <laughs> you know? Okay. Uh, so Braun has a different look, okay? Yeah. Braun is different. Braun is almost a seven-footer, legitimately a seven-footer. Um, and, I, well, maybe he is because I think is – he, is he eye-to-eye with Big Show? Well, I watched like a 20-minute interview with Big Show last night randomly on the beach, and even Big Show was saying he's a little bit above seven. He said he's – He's only been over 500 pounds once in his life, and he's only he's only been over 75 once in his life, like jokingly. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, um, so anyway, I, I want to say yeah, if we're seven. gonna go for our 
we're gonna we're gonna do for argument's sake. We're just gonna say he's around a seven footer. Okay. Um, Kane and Undertaker are your other two guys that are well, and Big Show too. I'm sorry, I'm I'll throw Big Show in there too. Mm-hmm. Um, Braun Strowman, athlete because he's almost a seven footer. He's a he's almost a legit seven footer. Um, he is in incredible shape. There is no if ands, or buts about it. But where Braun stands out um, is he's a, almost a legit seven footer who is very gifted athlete. You you cannot deny that. The matches that he's had with Big Show, in my opinion, um, have been actually some of the best big man versus big man matches that we've ever seen. Um, him and Big Show put on great matches. Um, I would even say they're WrestleMania-worthy matches. They're not boring. Um, yeah, that's true, know, especially with Big the, Show. Big, how Big Show is right now with his weight and how he's good. He, yeah, it, it definitely was... I love They're it. good. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're very well done for the both of them. Heck yeah. But but now the way they built Braun up, Braun was a heel. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. And he went through so months of squash match. Oh, no, he was not. Shield was Hold a on. heel. Hold on. We're not talking about the shield. We're well, talking hurry up, about your, your, your point takes too long. Hurry up. No, it's it's not. This is where I'm getting at. Bronze was built up through a monster heel push of squash matches that then later turned into I want competition matches, this and that. They did not force Braun on anybody in regards to liking him. He was a heel that just got over after a while as being such a freaking impressive athlete because if you look back at those matches that he had with Big Show or anybody for that matter, Anything that displayed his athleticism is what started to win the fans over well, because they saw that this was not just a big lumbering guy like the great Kali who comes in and is just a big well, go, guy who can and, do let's little go back to nothing. And forth. We both have back and forth stuff. So go ahead. when you're talking about that, Roman Reigns, for his size too, is definitely more agile than, than Braun. Definitely more agile. For his size, for which his is size. an average it's an it's an average man's build. And you just because he uh, Roman Reigns didn't get squash matches. Reigns Reigns was definitely built as a heel because Shield was a heel version to begin with. People didn't like the Shield to begin with because half the people watching wrestling at the time didn't watch NXT. NXT was not arguably not as big back then as it is now. So when these three guys came from NXT, a lot of the people didn't even know who to chant, and that's true. So yeah, they, but Roman wasn't they, even a big thing in NXT. Oh yeah, like I'm, I know so. Yeah, so, he was there for like so maybe he was, a couple episodes. I know, but he wasn't. That's true. But he wasn't really forced down. Or yeah, but he was an. But I feel like Reigns, to me personally, I like him better than Braun. So I'm maybe a little biased. But Reigns has at least been down the route for a long time. FCW been doing it for quite a while, compared to Braun and how fast he's risen to the main card. But you're. But, but again, you're trying to say how um, he was built as a heel. And no, Roman no, no, I'm Reigns. Going, I'm going off what you're saying. No, no, going off the Braun thing. I know, I know. Roman Reigns was not built as a heel. Okay. Right, he's been the shield. As a face, the though. shield. The shield was built as heels. Yeah. When they broke away, Roman was picked as being the guy. Which, by the way, when they broke away, the shield had just started their babyface run. You yeah. know. So 
Roman had already been turned, if you will, a face, face. but it was still part of a faction. So the first time that we got to see Roman Reigns on his own, he was already a face, but they were forcing him. That's okay. the thing. I mean, I do, they were I, pushing him I definitely as being the get guy. that concept. You know, I mean, everybody knows where it turned was at the Rumble. That's where it turned really, really. I mean, I don't think we would have this much turmoil and this much confusion with Reigns if it wasn't. Had he Rumble. won that Rumble. Yeah, if he won, <laughs> won that Rumble and he kept going the route of like working hard and going up the ladder, then yeah. But I'm just saying for what it is, Braun has been implemented into the main event card faster than Reigns ever was. Whether it was a heel route, heel route or a face route, He's definitely had squash matches and all this stuff, but the last, I don't know, last four or five major feuds have all been against heels, so it's not like WWEs have not been trying to push him as a face. Are you talking about Roman in this case? No, Braun. Braun has had many, many pay-per-view matches now with heels or people that end up siding with Braun. I'm just saying, people end up cheering for Braun compared to his opponent, making Braun the face. Well, I, well, this is where I'm getting. This is why they're finally turning him, which, yeah. again, I don't understand how they still haven't done this. I think Braun's a better heel. So It's with Bray Wyatt. I, I, I mean, a lot of people feel that way, but the way that he's coming across, this is this is the, the era we live in are the guys that try to make it like Stone Cold, where they're this badass that just gets over, right? Well, the exception to the rule is Braun Strowman at the moment yeah. because Braun Strowman is an attraction. And he's not trying to be a face. Like, not any point of time was he trying to be a face. Every promo he ever has done has been somewhat of a dominating badass. Hell, even in with Brock Lesnar, even though, yes, Strowman got some cheers, Lesnar was still a fan favorite over that. So people that were still cheering Lesnar over Strowman, I would say it was maybe a 50-50. Yeah. Um... While we're talking about Braun, we can come back to this. This is a good topic. But this is still Braun-related. I was so pissed off. Oh, sorry. Kind of Braun-related. I was so pissed off when Kane just destroyed Finn Balor on Raw. I don't want to. I don't even want to talk oh about that Oh, my God. And, and, and I put it online and Twitter on WWE Ramsey. Dave Meltzer said it, too. Oh, my he God. He said the same damn thing. I put it on thing. Twitter and I was like, stop. It's not going to hurt his career. Blah, blah, blah. You're whining. You kids are mark. You, whatever. I'm like. First thing, I'm not a kid. Second thing, I'm pretty sure, and I put on Twitter too, I go, I'm not the only one who feels this way. He got demolished by Kane. I know you have to build Kane up for the Braun match, but geez, man. But you're why making, Balor? You're, exactly. Why freaking Balor? It's like it's like you're it's like you're you're, you're going to throw away, um, I shouldn't say Stone Cold, it's like the Rock's, Rock's saying on his fire right now, and you make him get demolished by, uh, I don't know, by the Paul White who just shows up. It's like it, it really, really demolishes him. Not just like a back and forth thing. Like it looked like Finn Balor had no chance versus Kane. And I was like, well, oh. and he didn't. Yeah, he never did. And that's and that's the the gripe with everybody is that you have you have a, a Balor who comes off this uh, this amazing match with Styles. Yes. Which um, which I want to clarify too. People have been saying. You know that this this was such a uh, an amazing match, and it was. Don't get me wrong. Definitely. But there's still so much more that could have been done that wasn't done mm-hmm. that I think they're going to save for a match down the line. Was the match uh, a five star classic? No, it, in my opinion, it wasn't. But was it definitely a solid? I'd say three and a half to four. Absolutely. Um, and I'm glad that it was because they didn't give us everything in one match. Because w- what would make us want to see it twice? You know what I mean? Yep. Because if they've already thrown everything at each other, then we know what to expect next, and we don't need we don't need that. You 
you let it build. You know what I mean? Oh, they yeah. gave us just enough to want a second. Um, but anyway, digressing, going back to that situation, um, Dave Meltzer said the same thing. He was like, if you give Balor the win over Styles the night before, he comes now with all this momentum, and then you just completely destroy it. And, you know, they're, they're like, well, you know, come, and Brian Alvarez, his partner, was like, yeah, but you got to remember, Vince has this logic in his head of like, well, people aren't going to remember this two months from now. And to a degree, yeah. he's right, because Vince's so logic... so many matches, so much stuff, I get it. Well, and he, Vince's logic, though, goes off of the fact that he still is very much centered around kids, is that he's booking this around kids. Kids aren't going to remember this uh, come January. If That's true, but if they're booking for kids, then mm-hmm. Finn Balor wins that argument, too. I Finn agree. Balor's the kid I favorite. Agree. <laughs> I agree. I'm, and I'm not, I, I'm hey, not a fan of the hey, whole thing to begin with. I, hey, I love Kane. I've always thought Kane has been so underdone in his career that I am all for giving him spotlight whenever it's due to him, but not for the sake of your future star. Yeah, don't don't <laughs> kill Balor when I mean I don't know. I, mean, I don't think throw even Kurt since Hawkins he's come in there. Back, you won't mind. Yeah, well, and I don't even think Balor since he's come back. Um, I don't think WWE has invested really a whole lot of time into Balor. I mean, they do anymore. a little vignettes here and there, but it's nothing. It is nothing. He last year. Felt so different than this year when it comes to Finn Balor. When you first saw Universal Balor, Champion, yeah, first yeah. ever Universal Champion, and because of a fluke injury that was not his fault, and 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 that's the kicker right there. Mm-hmm. The injury was not on him. He did not cause his own injury. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was, and, and granted, I'm not trying to rag on Seth Rollins either, but Seth Rollins was the one who executed the move. Um, wasn't close enough for Balor to really hook himself to where he could have taken that bump on the on the rail to where he was far far enough to where he could latch on like you normally would in a move like that and have the impact take on your back. Yeah. He was still too far enough to where the arm was going to be the one that got jacked up from once he hit that once he hit that and you can see it in the barricade when he hit. Oh, yeah. You can see his arm go upward. So it was his oh, arm that it. took the most oh, stuff. God. Yeah, and it's like it wasn't his fault, and he still wrestled the match with a freaking torn uh, rotator cuff, labium, everything. Still wrestled. He still busted his ass for that and won. And then because of that, he had to forfeit the title 24 hours later in one of the most, in my opinion, gut-wrenching moments as a fan. Not like emotional, so here's, but here's oh my the, god, I was like, no. Out. I mean, I freaking agree with that, but here's devil advocate, devil advocate to me. I kind of thought it was a little <coughs> it was a little premature for Balor to already hold the title. At that point, they they knew what they were doing though, yeah. because this was usher this, in a new generation, pretty much. Exactly, they were bringing in a new crop of stars from the whole shakeup and the brand split, and it was no better time to capitalize on the momentum of being this new generation then by uh, by you know catapulting this brand new star yeah. straight up to the roster and 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 they did and it was working and it was all because mm-hmm. of a fluke injury that took him out mm-hmm. and he hasn't hardly recovered since and it's so frustrating you know oh yeah i think and i think people rag on him for the Balor feud way too hard cuz i personally or i'm sorry the Wyatt feud i said Balor excuse me 
um, the Wyatt feud way too hard. Um, overall, I was not really hating the Wyatt Balor feud. I think at this point it was being overdone. Um, once they started bringing Sister Abigail crap into this, and you know they completely kiboshed the idea that it was a actual Sister Abigail and not a uh, what is it, an alter ego for Bray Wyatt? That was just that was where you had me. I was done. I'm like I'm out. I it's just it just it just keeps dumbfounding me how you can easily tell, especially last year, how huge Finn Balor was truly getting, and then come come almost a full year later, it's like the complete opposite. He almost feels like a jobber sometimes, but then when he had his last match with Styles, you realize this is why he should be up there with Styles when it comes to pushing him and, you know, how people should think of him. But then he gets squashed. Then he gets the squashed. The next night. It's the like very they would next never, night. It would, they would never do that with Stone Cold, The Rock, any of those, Jericho, they would never allow that to happen. But let's go back to what we were talking about. But since they're not homegrown guys... Vince just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I mean, to a degree, it feels like that. It really does. I mean, I, there's not been any homegrown guys, uh, not not homegrown guys, that I can think of that have truly made it in Vince's eyes. CM Punk, Chris Jericho. Chris, that's true. Well, that's true. That is that's a great point, actually. Yeah, that's. But you know, Jericho's different though because he worked his butt off and he came at such a young age. WWE, I think uh, it helped a lot. And I think well, Jericho is uh, also Jericho was also in a different time where. And this and this is kudos to Jericho. Jericho knew his worth. Um, oh, you know, yeah. Uh, he he knew what he could do. WCW wasn't treating him right, so you know he came to WWE, and it, he he took a little bit to adjust. And then when Vince started giving him, as he even said in his in his own uh, documentary, he was like, you know, the whole China feud wasn't something that I was too keen on. But Vince was like, how do you I feel about it. working with a woman? And it did. It worked. And then when Jericho had had enough, though, to where he's like, okay, now you're starting to put me back into this position of I'm just another guy, and I'm not just another guy, he almost walked out. He almost left WWE. That whole night where he won the title for just that, that short amount of time and then had it reversed by Triple H and all that, Yeah. That was, the, that was the proverbial gun to Vince's head to a degree because he was like, listen, I have this idea. I know that I'm good enough to get to this point. Yep. Just go with this. You either go with this or I'm walking. You know, or something. That's been something the myth, like that. I'm not sure least. that exactly. Right, but it was definitely where he was like, listen, I know that I'm this good of a guy, so don't push me back down to here. Let me do this and show you what I'm worth. You don't have to keep it on me. Just let me do this one thing, and it'll. I'll show you that it's worth it. And after that, his stock just went right up. Was a main event guy from that point forward. Oh, people, yeah. people wanted Jericho. You know what I mean? So he he had his ways of sticking it to a system, but he did it at a time where there was so much uh, well, back and forth I mean, for WCW just... and WWE that he he could do that, just... and he got away with it. Well. I guess the whole point I'm trying to make is they're just keep, they keep scrounging around for the next guy, next guy. They keep trying to build these next guys, and Vince obviously keeps trying to build like Braun or Reigns. But it's like they have guys that are already over, but they almost don't feel over anymore because how they keep holding it back. So in my mind, Finn Balor's. I mean, I know it's not true, but in my mind, Finn Balor's not as good as he used to be, or not you know doesn't pop as much because because Vince and those people and creative has done that for me. It's like well. 
he's not that special anymore, I guess. He's not. He's definitely not the Balor of NXT. And exactly. That's, and, and that's that's what crushes that. me. Yeah, they keep doing that to NXT guys. It's like you have these guys that have been working for years in NXT now, and then you finally bring him, and they get they get they get they get um, crazy pops. Uh, one comes to mind is Mister um, Ten himself, and Ty Dillinger feels the same way to me. I'm like. I thought he was supposed to come up and be something special. Did you hear? He got the biggest pop in the Rumble of any star. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, Jesus, come on. I mean, it's it, <laughs> we we don't live in the era anymore of the fans dictating who who becomes stars anymore. Yeah. You know, and that's and that's the sad that's the sad reality. You know, yeah. we you and I and uh, and several others. I've I've always said it, and I've never changed my opinion, and I won't change my opinion. The childhood that I had of pro wrestling, that you had of pro wrestling, we grew up in the in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. mid to late '90s into the 2000s. We grew up at the best time to be a wrestling fan. I know a lot of people will argue the '80s was the golden era because you know that was the NWA, that was the territories, that was WWE was just you know starting to blow up with Hulk Hogan and all that. Mm-hmm. I've but I've always said the '80s is what put wrestling on the map. The '90s was what put I'm sorry that's uh, the '80s are what put uh, wrestling in mainstream, but it was the '90s. That put wrestling on the map, period, because everybody was watching at that point. Everybody was watching WCW. Oh, yeah. Everybody was watching WWE. You were literally watching any kind of wrestling you could because you never knew who was going to go where, you know? Yeah. And it was so, it was such a crazy time. And you had so many stars that, that came up from that time. You know, you had The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Goldberg, Taker, oh, Kane. Yeah. Uh, Jericho, uh, Sting, DDP. If I didn't already say him, I think I did. But still, um, and then you had you just had so many to go from. You know, there was literally a who's who of guys. When you look back at our time as kids, there's literally nothing more but Hall of Famers that came from our time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, definitely. We don't live in that. And people era can always still argue too. Oh, it's because there wasn't as much social media. And cameras and episodes and TV shows. I had a guy get it. I get the concept, but I mean, I, I kind of feel the same way. We have the most iconic guys ever that yeah. grew up with us. But every generation is going to feel like that. People who are yeah, you'll have right. you, you'll have people that argue with the '80s that are like, well, you know, there wasn't so much so much uh, access to wrestling back then because if you lived in a, a certain territory, you only got a certain territory of wrestling. You didn't get like all these other ones that were nationwide, which exactly. is true. Yeah. But still I just want to throw that out you, there in case somebody's thinking in their mind wanted you know somebody to voice that. I get the I get that point. So Yeah, I do too, but I I have yet to have anybody ever change my mind into thinking that that uh, the '90s was not the greatest time to be a wrestling fan. What did you think of uh, NXT's uh, women match, women uh, battle royal? It was good. It definitely, uh, I I, they definitely went a different route than what I predicted. I love Nikki Cross. Well, and the thing is, is I was like, okay, you already knew it was going to get down to Nikki Cross and somebody. Yeah. Um. First off, though, I want to say Bianca Belair, jeez and rice, that that I don't care how simple of a gimmick it is. Every time she hits somebody with her hair, 
it literally sounds like a whip that just it it has to hurt. Well, like, she does she does she does slap her leg when she does it. But yeah, I know what you're saying. Does yeah. she? Because I've I've tried watching. I'm like, if she's slapping oh, her no, leg, no, no. Then... a couple times I've seen it where she didn't slap her leg and it makes a, it pretty much makes a similar sound. So obviously it hurts. I mean, it's a it's it's, it's a whip. Yeah, dude. It's that thing is a whip. whip. And, but, uh, it, and it it's just I'm funny because sure you know it's gonna happen sooner or later when they do some kind of match where she can't use it or sooner or later in her career she gets tired of it and wants to do like a hair match you know what's going to happen which which is fine that's that's no big deal i know but, but i honestly though, I thought like... yeah sorry no you're fine. No, no, you're fine i honestly thought that uh billy k was actually going to get into that match and i like first off See, i like the iconic i like duo. billy k's music more than her <laughs> I like Billy Kay overall. Um, yeah. Peyton Royce though seems to be pushed as the the better Wait, of the which two. Which one has the cool music? Both of them same music? No, no, they're different. Um, to me, Billy Kay's got the better music I like for the, sure. Like, Arab, the Arabic music? Huh? The like Arabic gypsy music? Kind of. It's it, the femme fatale is what they call it. Um, but yes, to me, it's way better than what Peyton Royce has. No offense, Peyton Royce, but still. Um, but for whatever reason. Um, now I was the reason I thought they were gonna go Billy Kay was because I thought they were gonna go the two two heel face dynamic because there was already two faces with Kyrie Sane and Ember Moon in there. Mm-hmm. And then you had Peyton Royce who was a heel. And I'm like, okay, you still need another heel in this one. So then when they had the spot with Bianca and Mercedes getting knocked out by Nikki, and here comes Billy Kay from behind, I was like, Oh, this is it. She's just gonna eliminate her and this is it. Uh, yeah. this is and I could see it coming. And then when she didn't hit the floor and went for the boot and missed, and then Nikki went over, I was like, wow, they they really they pulled one on me because I thought they were going to go the 2-2 two, two heel-face dynamic. Instead, there's only one heel in the entire match. Yeah. So it's 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 cool. God, I'm, you know, I'm interested so to much. see. I love, I love Liv Morgan. She's so freaking hot. Sorry, that's, that's why I like her the mostly, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. You don't like Liv Morgan? She's gotten better too much, with too wrestling. Much, too much uh, Enzo juice on her? I guess. I guess. <laughs> hey, but, she's not with him I anymore, mean... so. Um, probably one more thing I want to talk about, because you're probably, uh, I'm sure Paige back there is hungry, and you're probably hungry, because you were talking about earlier, but Alistair Black, Velveteen Dream, is it, people are already, are hate, already hating it. Um, I don't know. I mean, the reaction from the very first, uh, the very first interaction they had, where uh, Black was cutting the promo and Dream came in. Here's here's my issue with Velveteen Dream. Great athlete, great look. Um, he's really adopting the gimmick that they've given him, which you know, kudos to him because I think it's the I think it's a dumbass gimmick. You li- I think um, you liked it at first. No, I liked. Let me let me say this too. Mm. This goes back to the very first thing that you and I talked about. I think on this episode was yeah. music is everything. Um, the music that they had, and I'm just gonna say, do this for your own homework. Go watch the vignettes that they did for Velveteen Dream debuting, and tell me that the music that he had with that with his vignettes <laughs> is not better than the one that yes. he got put with. I'm like, no, why did they do this? I agree, with, I agree with that. And honestly, personally, I when I heard Velveteen Dream, I thought it'd be some kind of uh, gold dust kind of thing. And it That's is, what I thought it, it was is going. Not, I mean, it is not even in the same. It doesn't feel like it, which is good. They, want, they don't want to make it the same. But I thought, oh, it's going to be like a, you know, maybe a kind uh, of style. 
But it really, yeah, like a purple knockoff. Of, yeah. Of, but it looks like it's more of like a prince. It, it's more exactly. of like a prince It's more tribute. like a prince, which is okay. I mean, I actually don't mind Velveteen Dream. I think it's very different. But it's is he actually gay or no? Because I can't. It feels like he's forcing it. Well, this is what I'm saying. Is it's it's it. I, I'm okay with them blurring this line. I don't care to know. You know, because the more I don't know, the more interested I'll get. You know. Yeah, that's um, true. Because he, he even his. But I'm saying I'm not saying his actual. Is he gay as the as a wrestler character? No, I'm, no, I, I get what you're going. I'm with saying there, and personally, I'm, I don't think he's used to acting like this because it because <laughs> it isn't. I don't know. I it's getting know. better. It's getting better. I'm saying. Well, and his mic his mic skills need to get a little bit better too. Because again, while he's adopting the character, I still feel like when I listen to him talk, he has a little bit of yeah. a, a. He doesn't really have an influx when he should. Um, it's just my opinion. Speaking not saying skills, that he's, man, he's not like that. Uh, what's that guy's but name? hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we jump away from this, yeah. um, the the first promo that they had with Black and Dream, where uh, he kicked the the mic out of his hand and sat down. Yes. And then Dream that was good. dropped to his knees yes. and got in his face. I was like, yes, this is great. This <laughs> yeah, is perfect. Me too. Yeah. I was like, perfect. I actually heard played, the, I played the that audience reaction Gabby. was priceless, man. I, <laughs> That's what to me is that's like okay this feud can work because yeah. the fans they made that they made that moment when he got that close everybody was like whoa this yeah. literally happened and it literally got people going this is incredible so I'm I was intrigued and I and I think it can still work I just for Patrick's sake uh, I really hope he he gets a little bit more smooth on the mic because he's still rough on those edges in my opinion but beyond that great in-ring worker glad he's got some kind of gimmick that he's he's adopting and making his own um hopefully hopefully it works for him so last thing i talk about man singing about some mic skills man callisto just messes up every time he gets on a mic he should never God. if he's ever told to go off of script he should never go <laughs> Jesus, off Jesus, man enzo what a couple weeks ago destroyed him in the mic he was saying when i go for that belt and just like you have the belt Remember yeah, that? remember when Ember yeah. and Kalisto a couple of weeks ago, Enzo Kalisto had the two hundred five live, whatever it's called, belt. I don't really pay attention to two hundred five live very much, and uh, <laughs> Kalisto was like, you know, battling Enzo, like saying, "Oh, I'm gonna get the belt from you in the match," and Enzo's like, "Buddy, you have the belt right Ramsey. now." Yeah. Hold on, I have some breaking news here. Yeah. We seriously, you're gonna want to see hear about this. Hold what on, I'm checking there. right now just to verify before I actually say anything. Holy crap. What? So there is a female wrestler that has left the company. Another one? Yes. Really? What is it? Who Guess is it? who? Who? Emma. Really? Emma's gone. Are you 100% sure? WWE's Twitter, breaking news. WWE has come to terms on the release of WWE superstar Emma. Oh, wow. God dang it. That is nuts. That pisses me off. Something's going on backstage, man. This is happening a lot now. This makes me so mad. Emma was so good. Why? Oh my... Why? That's crazy. Oh my I'm so glad God. you checked that. Yeah, that's well. A buddy of mine just sent me the text, and I didn't. I couldn't believe it. So I was like, "Wait, if he's sending me this, that means it's already been." Like, it's already been announced. So I'm like, I have to check this before I say anything. Uh, yeah. 
It's it's official. It's on WWE's Twitter. So, uh, oh this my gosh, kills me. You, why, I know. I thought she was. I I always liked him, honestly. I I thought she was. I thought the bubbly gimmick thing was. Well, I'm stupid. glad you told me that because now that's gonna be the headliner for the rest of the. Even though we didn't talk about it a lot today, <laughs> I'm gonna put that on the headline because that's gonna be. People are gonna want to hear, you know. That's damn. So, damn so I guess it. Let's, let's take a little bit of time. What uh, what the heck? What do you think happened there? I can't find. I don't online. know. I don't know. And this, oh, this sucks, man. Because first off, Emma was hot. She was a very <laughs> oh man. That's the first like, thing we go off of here. At Blue Reality. I'm, I'm just letting you know because <laughs> yeah. that whole that last year when they were trying to do the whole Emmalina thing, dude, she was popping off pictures off Instagram that it was just like, God dang, like, yeah. this is, this is starting to feel a little TV 14 here for a second. Um, but she was good. She was a great worker. She was a good in-ring wrestler and she was part of what made the NXT women's division, uh, blow up. And it's like, what, are, what is going on? What, why? She just came off this, this match with Oscar gets destroyed twice and is gone the next week. Like, ah, uh, that's crazy. I'm, something has to be going on, man. Nia Jax, you know, Austin Aries, uh, all these people that keep walking out. It's almost unheard of to walk out like this, and it's becoming normal. Well, this now. wasn't a. This doesn't look like it was a walkout, though. This looks like it was a, a release, as in WWE's oh, yeah. the one that said goodbye. You know. Oh, I see. But still, it could there be an issue there where WWE's just there's too much talent now, like they there's too much talent and. Starting to, I mean, just my opinion. I, mean, that, I think you might be you might be onto something there. With Finn. if if Finn Balor so walks much out, good I'm talent, gonna, man. If Finn Balor ever walks out, I'm gonna be so fucking pissed. If he, if he, man, I, <laughs> I'm gonna tell you now. It, it goes back to what we were talking about with Daniel Bryan last year, uh, last episode. Um, a year from today, I guarantee you, a year from now, one of two things is gonna happen. Daniel Bryan's either gonna be wrestling in yeah. WWE. Or he's wrestling somewhere else, and he's going to be making bukus of money. Um, oh yeah. Finn Balor will be the exact same way. If he if Finn ever goes, he's back to Japan, and he's a bigger star then than what he is right now. Guarantee yeah, that. Because they don't know what the hell to do with him. That's the sad part. Well, and that's this can go. This goes to what I'm saying. Is there so much good talent this day and age that? WWE just doesn't know what to do with the good talent. I mean, that's like, arguable because the people that we think that are good, WWE thinks keeps singing. They have nobody with the brass ring. That's yeah, the, that's the funny part. Yeah. This. Oh, what's what a way to a, end. What a, yeah, you got me. First, I thought something happened, like somebody died, something crazy happened because the way you acted. And then he said to me, "Left." It's like okay. It's not a death, so it's at least no, like, no. I've, that's why I was like, no, it's not death, but somebody left. So. This is nice. Somebody's gone. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, that, God. What, what a way to end the <laughs> well, 50th I'm show. Well, I'm going to put that stuff online right now so we can get that going. Um, breaking, hey, what do you what do you know? We have breaking news on our 50th episode. That's hey, pretty good go. timing. That's, uh, that's thanks to you on that one. Because I was, <laughs> I was winding it down and trying to throw up the outro music. Man, right there at the last, man. I, I just, I couldn't believe it. I could not believe it. Well, let's do it like we always do. If you want to talk to me on Twitter, and I've been crazy active lately, so WWE so have I. I've Ramsey. gotten better with that. I know. Travis is got... getting really good, actually. Uh, WWE Ramsey's mine. Travis, tell him yours. Mine is at Travis underscore Foulheart. And continue with your little spiel, your outro. Okay. And as always, 
like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, both of us and the show, and rumblingrumors.com. Appreciate that. Also, if you don't have iTunes or Google Play, you can listen to us on SoundCloud mm -hmm. and almost any other media device that you possibly can think of. Nice add-on. Make sure to retweet our stuff. Visit rumblingrumors.com for free wallpapers created by the man Ramsey. Boom. And always checking out breaking news and articles delivered daily for your wrestling pleasure. And as always, take care. And today, comb your messy hair. All right, guys. It's been an awesome time. And I will be seeing you next week. And Travis will too. And we will have uh, a little special guest for you. Everything works out. I'm not going to introduce his name yet because I'll let you find out. Have a good one. Yeah. Peace out. Peace.